always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it. And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing. Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it. Never listen to the no. Good evening. Look away. What are you doing? Look at me when I'm speaking to you. In 1776, the year of our Lord and Savior George Washington and his son, Thomas Jefferson, a bunch of beer-soaked hooligans in a tavern not so far, far away decided they didn't like being told what to do. What happened after that was such an incredible invention, such an incredible idea that it has shaped the modern world and possibly the foreseeable future. That was individual liberty. Well, currently, individual liberty is under attack. To those people who wish to destroy individual liberty, who wish to take our rights, suck our dicks. And our balls. Dude. And have my face obscured somehow, pretend like I'm, you know. <laughs> We're here squirrel. with uh, our federal agent. Uh, so, can you tell us about January 6th? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we staged the whole thing. Our local <laughs> resident alphabet boy. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I appreciate you bearing with us. Um, I'm here with Zach, though. We couldn't get the camera worked out for Zoom, but in the final edit, he'll be on camera whenever he talks. Um, can you see me and hear me all right? Yeah, man. Awesome. Uh, well, like I said, thanks for coming on. Uh, today, instead of like a shorter segment, we just got some topics, kind of what I was telling you about we want to go over. Um, so the first one, I was kind of interested, interested to hear your take on these school shootings and how to secure schools. Because um, there was definitely in this most recent one in Texas, well, I say most recent, there's been a bunch that have come down since then. Um, there we go. It's a little loud. Um, I kind of have the whole timeline of this Texas shooting, and there was just so much incompetence. Um, at the end, when I go through this, um, I, I think that we need to find a way to secure schools without having to rely on police. I mean, it's great, you know, to have police, but also um, there's a lot of issues there. So, um, just. Just to get the whole timeline out of the way, I'm going to start going through this, if that's cool with you. Yeah, man. Go for it. All righty. Um, let's see. So uh, in September 2021, the shooter asked his sister to help him buy a gun. She refused. Um, the shooter was in a group on Instagram. Um, and in a February 20th discussion, he was suspected of being a school shooter by multiple people. They said nothing. Um, on March 1st, the shooter had an Instagram chat with several others in which he discussed buying a gun. Two days later, there was another group chat in which someone said word on the street um, was that the suspect was buying a gun. Um, on March 14th, the shooter wrote on Instagram, 10 more days. Um, so there's a bunch of dates. He's telling people he's going to shoot the school. All of that um, should have been a red flag. Um, let's see. So he said he was going to shoot the school? Yeah, he was telling people he was going to shoot the school. Um, he was also pictured with dead animals. People knew that he hurt animals quite a bit, uh, particularly cats. Um, and his best friend said that once he moved, because he moved because uh, his mother got a new job, he apparently started to get very violent and started cutting his face, cutting his arms. 
So that right there, you know, single parent household. Um, I was talking about this in an episode I posted yesterday. Before we even get to the gun stuff, the, you know, actions of the police officers, of everything like that, there's so many red flags that stemmed from this broken child who um, I think you can tie it into. He didn't have any masculinity. He was bullied and he just retreated online and didn't stand up to his bullies and just everything with our culture just created this this situation long before it got to the actual shooting um let's see so um um shot his grandmother sorry there's a lot of shit on here um all right so he texted this girl in Germany that his grandmother was complaining about his phone, said it's annoying. Six min- minutes later, he starts shooting at 11.21 a.m. Um, he texted her, I just shot my grandma in the head. Seconds later, he said, I'm going to go shoot up an elementary school right now. Um, and he began firing outside, as supposedly um, what a 911 call said from the neighborhood. Um, on Tuesday, May 24th at 11.27 a.m., video shows an exterior door of Robb Elementary School, which is suspected to be where the shooter entered from, was propped open by a teacher, uh, McGraw said during a Friday news conference. Um, 11.28, so you know, seven minutes after he shot his grandmother, um, the shooter's vehicle crashes into a ditch near the school. A teacher runs into the room to get a phone and returns to the ed- exit door, which remained propped open. Um, the suspect jumps out, out from the passenger side of the truck with a rifle and a bag, which officials later discovered was ammunition. Um, two witnesses, meanwhile, were at a funeral home across the street from the school, hear the crash and go to see what happened. Uh, and then the shooter begins firing at them, and they both run away. Um, so 11.30 a.m., this is two minutes later, the teacher who saw him crash reemerges and calls 911. So that's at 11.30 a.m. for sure, a 911 call goes out. Um, Let's see, 11.31 a.m., the suspect reaches the last row of vehicles at the school parking lot and began shooting at the school, McCraw said. Uh, Patrol vehicles begin to arrive at the funeral home. That's at 11.31, there are police on the scene of the shooting. Um, And by the way, this is going to be a pretty anti-police, well, not anti-police episode, but uh, there'll be a lot of criticisms. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, There was no school resource officer that confronted the suspect outside the school, as officials had previously described. Um, A school resource officer was not on the scene, but heard the 911 call about a man with a gun, drove to the area, and sped to the back of the school uh, to a person he thought was the suspect, but was a teacher. Um, In doing so, the school resource officer drove right past the suspect. So there was a, a school resource officer, I guess like a security guard there. Um, let's see. So 11.33 a.m., the shooter enters the school and begins shooting into the classroom. Um, he shot at least 100 rounds. At 11.35, three Uvalde Police Department officers enter through the same door as the suspect. So at 11.35, he's been shooting for two minutes, at least 100 rounds, and police are in the building. Um, the three initial officers were direct went directly to the class door, which was closed, and two received grazing wounds from the shooter. Um, 11.37, another 16 rounds were fired in the following minutes. 11.42 a.m., a source close to the teacher receives a text saying there was an active shooter on campus. 
Um, 11.43, Robin Elementary School announces on Facebook it's under lockdown status. So that's, I mean, already 10 minutes after he's been shooting, they finally realize that there's a shooter, which I don't know how that happens. Um, roughly 11.44 a.m., officers are calling for additional resources, equipment, body armor, negotiators, and evacuating students and teachers. Um, 11.51 a.m., more officers arrive at the scene. 12.03, officers continue to arrive in the hallway of the school. Um, so at this point, he's been shooting 20 minutes. Um, and there's as many as 19 officers at that time in the hallway. Um, 12.03, a young girl from inside calls 911. Um, the call lasted a minute and 23 seconds. She calls back several minutes later and says multiple people are dead. Um, so 12.10, now 30 minutes, um, well, actually more like 40 minutes after he started shooting. First group of deputy U.S. Marshals arrives on the scene to assist federal, state, and local law enforcement already on scene. Um, 12.13, girl calls 911 again. 12.15, members of the Border Patrol's tactical unit, BORTAC, arrive on scene. Um, when Border Patrol agents began to arrive, the officers in charge of the situation had already made the determination that it was a barricaded subject situation, a source familiar with the, situ with the situation. A source familiar with the situation said, my bad. Uh, the team then waited, not breaching the classroom where the shooter was holed up, until nearly 40 minutes later. Um, McCraw said the person who made that decision was the school district police chief, calling it the wrong decision not to engage with the gunmen sooner. Um, 12.17, Rob Elementary announces on Facebook that there's an active shooter. Girl calls 911 again, says there are eight to nine students alive. So this is, you know, getting close to an hour. There's still, you know, half the students are alive in this room. Um, another person calls 911 from one of the two classrooms and hangs up when another student tells her to. Uh, the suspect fires again. He is believed to be at the door. Law enforcement moved down the hallway. 1221, three shots fired um, are heard from another 911 call made. 1236, the initial student who called 911 calls again, is told to be very quiet and tells dispatchers he shot the door. Um, 1243, the young girl asks dispatchers to please send the police now. So at 1243, like over an hour later, there's still people alive. Um, 1247, the student asks for police again. 1250, law enforcement breached the locked classroom using door, door keys from a janitor. They shoot and kill a suspect. Um, 1251, through the young girl's 911 call, there are loud noises and officers can be heard moving children out of the room. Um, so the suspect purchased and had a total of 1,600 rounds. Um, none of that's really all that important. Everyone knows that. So obviously a very fucked situation um i've thought about this a lot of different ways and the reasons why you would wait to go in and i don't just like cop bashing but it, two, this seems like incompetence and then extreme cowardice more cowardice than incompetence from a previous law law enforcement perspective what would be the reason of waiting that long to go in Um, well, you know, they, they were, I'm sure you've seen the articles already, but you know, they were, they had uh, drills for this same scenario or similar scenarios, like two weeks prior to the shooting, mm -hmm. uh, the officers actually conducted uh, training. Um, and I can't, uh, I have no logical train of thought as to why they didn't go in sooner. 
maybe they were trying to ascertain whether or not it was a barricaded subject situation versus, uh, I mean, well, I mean, if you're, not to interrupt you, but even if it's a barricaded subject situation, at that point, you know, children are alive all throughout this for like 30 minutes. They're calling 911 over and over again. He's actively shooting at that point. Don't you don't you just have to, to go? In? I mean, at that point, it, someone's getting shot. It's I don't see. I think you have to accept that risk. And also, it's a school, so there's going to be windows. So there's multiple ways to, uh, you know, get a line on that target. So even a barricaded subject, that I still don't see any reason why you wouldn't go in at this point, knowing that people having confirmation that students are alive. Yeah, I, like I said, the only thing I could think of is maybe they didn't know for sure that that students were being killed and they were trying to ascertain whether or not this was going to be a negotiation situation or requiring direct action. Mm -hmm. And even then, based on the, the gunfire, that would have been a great indicator for me that it's time to breach or make entry. Yeah. And I, I don't know what these guys had as far as equipment goes, but I mean, I would have busted a window and started loading that room with, um, uh, with pepper spray, like a what we call a fogger. It's basically like a, a two-liter size canister of uh, pepper spray. And so like some riot, riot control stuff, maybe even yes. smoke. Do do police officers uh, carry smoke? See, we uh, not in our like you know not in the normal loadout for individual officers, but SWAT teams <laughs> most definitely have uh, a CS gas. I so, imagine so would um, the Border Patrol agents that got there. They got there rather quickly, but were held outside the um, the police barrier. It's their tag team, too. Yeah. So I'm sure that they have flashbangs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, flashbangs, flashbangs, maybe, maybe not. Uh, flashbangs are not quite as popular as, as we would like to think they are. They're very useful, but... Well, I mean, you get uh, two every every time you go out, along with your, your secondary weapon and your handgun and your tomahawk. Well, I mean, yeah, but you got to choose your perks correctly. You might be able to get three of them. But. That's true. Now, uh, all right. well, regard, you know, even if there's justification, I think that we can all agree that there there was at least at the very least gross incompetence on the part of the police, which even if nine out of 10 police departments, 99 out of 100, you know, nine, 999 out of 1,000 would have handled it completely different and handled it correctly. I still I like the idea of schools being able to have internal security, and uh, I was wondering, you know, you've mentioned safe sock and some of those principles, and that that all makes sense. But I also I like the idea of teachers, you know, it's not going to be super popular, but being mandated to have to do annual firearm training, and then I think I think here's how safe you could make it for all the teachers who hate guns. You go to someone like you with your um, was it Red Cell Defense Group? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm curious about like what maybe after this talking about like a a program like that's very cost effective that you could propose, and this saves all the money of having police officers, security officers, so you don't have to worry about low income schools. All those arguments are out of the way. Once a year, maybe twice a year, you have teachers. It's part of the responsibility of being a teacher. You have to qualify and train some basic firearm safety, some basic tactics, you know, how to operate in a school safely with a firearm. You do that. Now, you have firearms and lockboxes. You can have them, you know, the security measures are crazy. It doesn't just have to be biometric. You could do voice activated. So only that teacher 
with that key and their um, biometrics can get into this lockbox. They're at the police department. So after hours, there's no guns in the school. Every morning, a police officer brings them, hands them out to the teachers, confirms you know, their identity, everything. They go to their classroom. They're the only one with access to this firearm, that teacher. Then at the end of the day, they give it back to the police officer. There's no, no more guns in school. I think that would solve 99.9% .9 of school shootings for basically no money. Mm. The uh, conflict I see there is the logistics of, of distributing and collecting the firearms. I mean, you just like our armory draw in the Marine Corps, man, that, that's a, a crap show. Yeah. And uh, you're trying to get people in and out as quickly as possible. I know there's always ways to safeguard and organize, but the human factor is... Maybe you have problem. an armory at the school and you have a police officer who goes and he's the armor for the day. Hey. I mean, I, that was like worst case scenario. Ideally, yeah. you just have the, the teachers have access, like the lockbox stays in the room. But this is to make them comfortable about their being the weapons being secured at all times with somebody watching over them. I was just thinking, you know, something along those lines, and Te then teachers that wanted an appendix holster, could they be just rocking their appendix carry? Or? Oh, that would be given that any teachers who okay. have a concealed carry, then can they carry. wouldn't have to worry about it. They're just like, hey, I'm. Yeah, that that I'm would go without saying. Car, this is know? more about okay. making it mandatory for the protection of the children. Okay. But which you know, you could say, oh, freedom. You shouldn't make the teachers do it, but. You make him get a bachelor's degree. You make, uh, you know, a pedophile can't go be a teacher. You yeah. have rules. They're That's in charge of taking care of the children. I think this should just be part of it. If you truly care about, uh, you know, school shootings, and it's not just a, a buzzword and a political issue and so, a way to pivot to gun control. If you actually care about the children, then this should be a two one do one day a year training. Hell, do one time, and then it, it's just a complete emergency scenario they at least know how to load the gun so they may be untrained like anything is better than no weapons in the school yeah so i don't know but aside from that what what are some things that you guys think that you could uh use to secure schools uh well i mean it's already been put forth with uh some of our representatives but i mean arming veterans man i would do minimum wage just to do security at one of these schools and protect mm -hmm. people. I mean, that's, that's all we've done and all we, you know, we're, we're phenomenal at that, you know, as mm -hmm. veterans and, you know, all, all across the branches, people have some sort of uh, experience with duty, you know, and it'd be mm -hmm. the same thing as duty, which for viewers that don't know what duty is, it's like, um, every word unit, for poop. Yeah, well, every unit has their own version of law enforcement within that unit, and mm -hmm. that responsibility rotates. And so, you know, someone somewhere, or everyone, honestly, from from every unit in every branch has probably served in some capacity uh, on duty. And so, um, I think arming, you don't even have to arm veterans. I guarantee you could put out like a... a <laughs> A Craigslist ad for armed veterans. Uh, bring your own body, your own armor, your own ammo, your own firearms. You know, Hell yeah. uh, the the county for every school system can just, you know, uh, like fund a training day, a host a training day, and allow veterans to come in and train. Do like a a uh, 
uh, CFT, you know, combat fitness test. And, uh, well, at the very least, you could also do, even if you don't want to pay veterans, you could use national guard for that. They're already on the payroll. What do they do during the day? Just a couple of days as a Q, as a QRF force, you know, like, yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> that's something even you could get away with. Um, like if, because they're going to make the argument that they can't, most schools can't afford to pay a veteran around the clock. You could even pay less for them to just live within like a five minute response time to the school as you could set up like community QRFs. It doesn't even have to be veterans. That's. That's something you could do. I think that we should be doing more like well-regulated militias. Because the biggest thing anyway. I'm seeing is just how long it takes people to like get there, and that's why I like it, his idea of like having people there. And something I haven't thought hey, about again. And, I'm playing devil's yeah. advocate. I agree. I think yeah. that there should be well, full-time people there. I'm saying agreed. They're going to make the cost the cost argument, and then they're going to pivot to yeah. guns. So I'm trying to but beat that argument before we even get there. If you even just have a few dudes, or again. Because my whole argument a, about the teachers is, would they actually be effective at shooting and, and all of this other stuff, right? Well, I mean, 90, 99% of it is just... Um, it's a know, deterrent. Just, yeah, deterring and school shooters. And that's what it does, you know? And having someone there is a deterrent. And if you actually had a competent force that can maybe show up, but they kind of have to already be there, I mean, there, ideally I what you should have is you should have the teachers have access to firearms, then you have a community QRF, and you have... Uh, veterans and in, in the school securing it. We spend I still so think much you money can have a community QRF because you already have people showing up, and that's going to be too much problems. I'm just saying you could have all of it. You don't yeah. have to pick and choose. Well, that's just the more something has to change at this point because kids are sitting in there getting shot for a long time before something happens. So. Yeah, well, that's the whole reason that I'm curious about you know switching is you know like I said, 99 out of 100 times that may have been handled completely differently, but. You sh- I don't want to have to rely on the police. That's the reason I carry is I you know want to be able to take care of myself. But I don't know. Do you think any of that will ever happen? Or do you think that this will just immediately get politicized to gun laws? And then that'll be that. Oh, yeah. It's going to get. Yeah. It's not about protecting your kids. If that was the case, they would have put more officers in the schools. They would have armed, you know, put more armed security. There are so many ways to get the funding to pay for a veteran to sit on his rear end and, and, you know, just look, you know, look the part, even, you know, being there physically would probably deter some people from doing some stupid stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, Well, I think there's also, there's like $4 million a month that the VA gets that's supposed to go to veterans and no one knows like what happens to it there's some people in congress trying to figure out what happens to it but it just disappears every month so i mean the amount of waste it, yeah well secretly i've been getting this fat paycheck that i don't tell anybody about but anyway <laughs> well it seems like everybody i know that got out immediately hopped on disability and then got two jobs and then went to school full time <laughs> like how uh yeah this disability huh like yeah but it's not welfare i'm like <laughs> Skirting the like, line. I, I served this country. I was like, you volunteered and said, I'm not joining unless I get an 03 contract. And then they're like, oh, the Marine Corps ruined my knees. It's like, well, anyway. I'll be one of those babies soon. Yeah. Uh, speaking of police, um, I hate that every time I talk to you, it has to come back to police stuff, but you're just a handy guy to talk to about it. Because um, you have, you know, some experience. But eventually, as this show goes on, we'll talk about other things. Um are you for any sort of police reform? And like, if there's things, what would you change about the police, if anything? 
Um, well, I think uh, because the society trends, uh, our police are not as visible as they once were. And visibility is like your first m measure in deterring crime. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of people are very anti like a militaristic style police. But man, if you have officers show up with billy clubs <laughs> to a gunfight, the bad guy's just going to be like, all right, sweet, line them up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think uh, it would behoove our population to embrace the idea of having a more visibly capable law enforcement. So like outer plate carriers, uh, I'm not saying you're going to carry a rifle everywhere you go, but every officer should have a rifle. I mean, for scenarios just like this, but uh, mm -hmm. I think having a little bit more of a physical uh, appearance of being capable versus this whole professional or you know less uh less physical appearance is what we're trying to go mm -hmm. more towards i think i think that's a mistake because i, I know there's all sorts of issues with how law enforcement there are, are acting you know we got the the whole uh, floyd case you know and mm -hmm. well, other scenarios like that where law enforcement did the wrong thing but you know it wasn't it wasn't because they had a tactical plate carrier that that happened you know what i'm saying yeah although i will say that's one of the big critiques is the militarization of the police because they get you know gear so they have to use it so it's kind of like the military where you got to spend the money otherwise you're going to get your budget cut so that's where like swat raids and stuff have went up and like i'm a huge i'm not a fan of no-knock warrants um the overuse of SWAT and kind of the the problem with i think militarizing the police because at the end, i get that they have a a tough job and they, they ha it's weird they have to tread the balance between being peace officers and members of the community and then also dealing with almost combatants at times so it's a weird balance that's why i wouldn't want to be a police officer um but the problem i have with the militarization of the police and you know making them more military-like it would deter crime but at the same time they're agents of the states so, like the military is the the arm of the, you know, the, um, what is it, the, the military arm of the state. So if you militarize the police, by de facto, the people, the citizens become the enemy. I think, and I, I know that in a lot of young police officers, the way they see their job isn't, I'm a member of the community, I'm a, you know, peace officer, and I want to be equipped to handle these situations, but I don't want to have to use my gun. Instead, I see a lot of, rah, rah, I want to go fuck people up. And I think that that's, I think that leads to a lot of problems as well. So I guess there's give and take with the, the militarization of the police, but. Well, I think the, the, the word militarized that concept is kind of wrongfully applied here. I'm talking about appearances strictly, not, not necessarily about core function or organization of law enforcement. Uh, the appearances perspective, also requires a little bit of training too. Like, you know, as far as physical fitness goes, a fat cop is just not gonna get the job done compared mm -hmm. to somebody who's capable and can run a 300 PFT, you know, really physically fit. But uh, I think the, uh, the visible aspect of being more prepared and more capable is, I mean, there's, there's plenty of departments out there that already utilize this. There's some departments in my area that have outer uh, plate carriers um, there's some very large cities where law enforcement are using outer plate carriers and, and it presents a, 
a stronger presence. So like when you're out, they're like, oh man, that guy's he's like prepared, you know? Yeah. Um, and on top of that, when you're wearing level four plates, which can stop armor penetrating ammo, mm-hmm. um, even the guys with rifles that might be thinking about shooting up a school, say, mm-hmm. are probably going to be like, ah, oh, he's a hard target. And that's going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, just, so I think it just presents uh, an extra barrier of that's, uh, preparedness. I get that. I, I would like that better gear, better funding, better training with higher standards. The problem is then as you make the standards higher, well, now you have underserved communities where there's, it's, you know, you have a lot less police when there's already a shortage. It's kind of the problem that the special operations community and the military is running into. So it's, I mean, I guess you'd have to find a way to entice the people you want to be police to pursue that route, which we do not live in a good time for getting good people to be police officers. Yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen. You know, I think very pessimistically, to be honest, regarding law enforcement's role in the future, mm-hmm. I think that uh, you're going to see local law enforcement kind of fade because nobody wants to bear that burden. And you're going to see an increase in federalized law enforcement mm-hmm. or even contract law enforcement. And those guys, uh, if that happens, they will most definitely be militarized in the negative sense that you're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no empowerment for local law enforcement. There's no incentive to do their job. Uh, but I mean, how do we create that? That's a huge question, man. I don't know how to do that outside of yeah. you know miracle budgeting. <laughs> I mean, we have the we have the money. I mean, I know just throwing money at problems doesn't work, but I know that we could easily make it work. The problem is getting the politicians to take money away from dumb bullshit like, you know, gender studies in Pakistan and to apply it to these things, they'll never do it. And, you know, there's so many different pockets they have to fill because they've called in favors. Uh, the system's so corrupt, I don't see it happening. But I do think you it is possible. <laughs> but, yeah. We're talking ideal solutions that probably yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, that's why I go back to I want schools to be secured without um, – out needing to call anyone like the police so if that's veterans there whatever um but this whole thing sparked debates about gun laws where i'm not sure where you line up on are you a second amendment absolutist do you believe in you know what do you think about gun laws do you agree with where they're at or do you think we should add more or roll them back well um so look at it this way you know uh you have to have a driver's license to operate a motor vehicle. And that's mm-hmm. true for all 50 states. Uh, it's true for all, all you know U.S. territories. You have to have a driver's license to operate a motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. And there's a strict, well, maybe not strict, but there is a policy in place in every state and how to get that driver's license requirements made. Uh, certain states, they just require you to breathe and you can get a driver's license. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other states that do a little more thorough vetting. I'm not necessarily talking about your ability to drive, although that should be heavily assessed. I'm talking about your legal credentials to be a, a citizen in this country. A lot of states oh, don't yeah. check that or care. They just give out licenses. Um, so my thoughts are that's okay because your automobile was not 
expressly mentioned in the constitution oh i was about i was preparing i thought you were going to go a complete different direction i was getting ready to come right back at you with that (laughs) all right sorry continue uh, i'll put my spirit down (laughs) on the flip side your second amendment rights are expressly mentioned and there's no limitation to that and it it says specifically it shall not be infringed so that means any ruling that in some shape or fashion restricts your ability to own a firearm is infringement and therefore unconstitutional. So I think even requiring a permit process uh, for concealed carry, it doesn't say you can have a gun here, but you can't have it there. It says you can keep and bear arms. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So even concealed carry, I feel like is a useless thing compared to the true constitution. Yeah, the one here's where I, I get so torn on it, and you're definitely like you're complete Second <laughs> Amendment, but because he Belfast Zach says yeah he says um, you know what the, was it the Federalist Papers that say whatever an infantryman can carry or something or like just, that you brought that, that argument that's up before. just my argument yeah what the founders wanted again they hired people uh, you know ships with cannons on them to wreck yeah. British. Well, I heard a good point um, a couple no, days like, ago that when the founders, when they were making these, you know, um, these rules and shit like that for even though they just had muskets, that was the cutting edge of weaponry at their time. Also, they knew during the course of their tenure, they saw technology change. So they knew that stuff was going to change and evolve, which I had never thought about it like that before. But then at the same time, I think about should you without any sort of permit anything be able to go and buy an 81 millimeter mortar and 100 AT rounds at circle k and that's where i'm like i don't like that idea but at the same time i don't like gun laws so like how do you i need to look it up but all this stuff you can pretty much buy if you're just rich again post balone has yeah a belt fed 50 cal strapped to the top of his his six by well, I'm, not, I'm not talking about rich. economic elites that's they don't play by the same rules as the rest of us yeah. so you can't use that you know as an example um so how do you how do you guys like if you don't want any gun laws mm-hmm. you know are, are do you like do you want gun laws period or do you think anything's an infringement um well those keep and bear arms i think uh that's more specific to arms themselves not necessarily explosive devices uh so i think you know your explosives and things like that can definitely be regulated uh and they should be i mean that stuff is as you know from military service like one wrong move with mortars even if it's Mm -hmm. even if you haven't uh put a a charge on it you know it can still be lethal if you drop it the wrong way or something like that Um, so i think Explosives are totally different. Um, but if I want to have a, uh, you know, Nim 249 in my backpack, you know, because <laughs> yeah, those are, and you don't, you don't think that you think they shouldn't ID you like in this, in this world. Uh, and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm just curious. I've been to prison four times for domestic assault. I'm uh, clinically diagnosed as schizophrenic and i should be able just to go walk into because i'm an american citizen i should be able to go into a circle k and buy an m250 cal tripod everything with as many rounds as i want yeah 
Is that but, yes or no? But if you're being let out there. of prison, if you're a functioning member of society, then 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 yeah. But if you're not a functioning member of society at that point, we shouldn't. But be see, with that logic though, you're relying on the prison system to which work. is faulty, obviously. But yeah. Well, I think uh, I know these are crazy hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah. I just want to pin down where the line's at because nothing's as be far perfect. as criminal history or criminal activity goes. I mean, that's that's a pretty fair understanding that if you violate these. You know, if you violate law to some degree where it harms others, like domestic situation, then you forfeit your rights. You forfeit your freedom in a lot of ways with incarceration. So, I mean, now I'm not opposed to having restrictions when people mess up. But uh, at the same time, there's also ways for felons to um, get their records expunged with community service or whatever, you know, some sort of rehabilitation to become functioning members of society and gain their privilege to own firearms back, uh, or excuse me, right. So um, the uh, I, I feel like there's already a system in place to take care of that. We just don't utilize it. But at the same time, no, I don't think it's a blanket statement. We got to be smart with it as far as. Uh, gun purchasing for U.S. citizens only, and I have a I have a problem right now at the uh, the range that I work part time at. If I'm not instructing, I help cover with retail sales, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you can't buy a firearm if you're not a U.S. citizen. Uh, and there are certain countries or certain visas that you can have and be able to buy a firearm in the United States. Mm-hmm. But anyway, for the most part, if you're not a U.S. citizen, you can't buy a gun. But uh, a lot of other citizens from other countries come in and try to buy ammo. And uh, there's a, what we call a visa waiver program. And basically, if you're on, a, on that program, that means that the country you came from says, yes, you can shoot a gun or yes, you can uh, purchase ammo in the United States. If you're not on that waiver program, uh, that means like Italy, for example, I think Italy's on there or, or France, they say, that a French citizen in the United States cannot buy ammo. So we cannot legally sell it to them. Um, and basically it's just a way to allow certain people that visit the United States to be able to enjoy our freedom. However, uh, I have people that come in the store all the time who are not U.S. citizens and they're clearly here illegally and they are buying ammo or trying to buy ammo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we cut that out as much as possible. But how many shops are not doing that? And uh, like if yeah. we would just step up our our um, game as far as enforcing the rules that are already there, I think we'd cut down on a lot of like gang related. Like right now, we're having a huge issue in North Carolina with uh, MS-13, and the, where are those guys getting their ammo from? I mean, I'm sure they could be buying it secondhand, but a lot of them are going straight to the gun shops. And I've really? caught several with MS-13 tattoos trying to buy ammo, and I'm like, wait a minute. You got ID? Let me see your uh, North Carolina driver's license. They pull out a, a Mexican ID card. I'm like, no, nah, man, I can't sell ammo to a Mexican citizen. You ever have problems with them getting unruly? Because when I worked um, a private security gig here for a while, they were everyone's like, Look, mess, you know, deal with the other gangs. If you see anyone with an MS-13 tattoo, you're on your own. I'm not helping you because they'll take you down to Mexico and chop your head off. So it seems like they get a, that particular gang has such a reputation, they get just a free pass from a lot of people. So I don't know if you've had any personal issues with them or if they're trying to kind of, because I saw that they were kind of, this is a totally separate thing, but they were trying to like stop doing the face tattoos and stuff. And they're trying to kind of blend in kind of like the mafia and not cause wrinkles now. But uh, taking this back to the other thing, um, 
So obviously only U.S. citizens can buy guns or they have the proper, you know, um, identification and shit like that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But um, again, how do you how do you regulate that? Because let's buy it online or go to the next store. Yeah. Um, Through your driver's license. I mean, if the states would be doing their job to vet people when they get a license for their I'm thinking like a, a citizen, you know, just starts making money on the side, buying guns and selling them. And then if you're, you don't want a national registry and stuff, which I don't, but then like I could start my own side business and just keep buying, buying guns and then selling them illegally. And then are the police going to come and make sure that I still have those weapons? Well, then wouldn't that be infringing upon my my rights, you know, because now they're starting to regulate me. So I'm saying, how do you regulate people if it's just a citizen? Because a citizen can buy it and then the guns go wherever he wants. There to do regulate how many guns you can resell if you're not a FFL. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but there is technically a number. That's what I'm saying. If you're selling it illegally, how then how know? would they know? They That's what I'm will. saying. I could say, I see what you're saying now. I could say, hey, I can I fill see. up my entire house, you know, floor to ceiling with guns if I want. That's, you know, my right as an American. And then you just keep doing that. And, I mean, yeah. you could do it as long as you want if the government can't come in and uh, take a look around and investigate. Dr. John Lesson. And then that's probably going to be a no-knock warrant, mm -hmm. by the way, which is not going to be great. Yep. Then you'll uh, get Duncan Lemp. But... John Lott says it best. If you press a button and there's no more drugs or guns in, in America, every one ounce is gone. How long till there's drugs and guns in El Paso? How long till there's drugs and guns in Cali, Chicago, Detroit, New yeah. York? Well, that's the thing. That's why if they like, can't get guns and, and ammo here, you know, like the whole Fast and Furious stuff, they're buying really nice guns and taking it you know, back down to, to like Mexico. Yeah, well, that, well, that's why, like, a gun ban would never work is yeah. people don't really, like, it, Pandora's box has already been open. If I could snap my order. fingers and no guns would exist on planet Earth whatsoever, I'm not saying I'd do that, but then you'd have a compelling case. Mm -hmm. Like, we could stop all this gun violence. The problem is there's that's never going to happen. It, yeah. It's completely unfeasible and impossible. But I don't know. So you guys definitely lean... I, I think that I would probably want a little bit more gun restrictions than you guys, but... Well, I, you were talking about, as far as like tracking where guns go, there is not a gun registration process. But when you purchase a firearm in the United States, you fill out a Form 4473. And granted, that's a, an ATF document. Uh, it, it does some things. It kind of helps document where the gun came from, where it's going. <laughs> and every FFL is required to maintain those records for several years. And I think individuals that buy guns and turn around and sell them, like your own individual states restrict that to some degree. So, you know, I'm not advocating that you can just buy guns and sell them at, at will, mm -hmm. but I am advocating that you can buy guns on the sole fact that you're a United States citizen you know, in good standing. And after that, you know, if you want to resell your firearm, it has to be within local or state or even federal regulation. And to that degree, it does require that the people you're selling your guns to are legally able to possess them and if not in most states and federally it's a felony so okay so there are there are rules and regulations kind of already in place if they they ruled it back you know there's still there would still be some oversight and you wouldn't be able just to get away with you know buying tons of guns and i guess too like um well what, what do you think about um having 
to get for let's say like heavy machine guns, medium machine guns, um, having to show. Well, no, you probably went before that. Having to like get a separate, going through a little bit more thorough of a background check. Oh no, against background checks. The price. I was trying to think. Is there anything you could do to like, um, you know, just make people go through a few extra hoops to get um, like machine guns? Just a a because I'm thinking again, I'm playing the devil's advocate, trying to appease, you know, people who are going to be on the left, who are primarily going to be wanting to go the other way. I think it's an infringement that full auto's illegal. So, right. I mean, all right. Well, I think we're gonna and get like a belt down fed here. is going to. They're like like a, a again. He said a, a two forty nine, two forty. So expensive. When our little house was like, if can we actually afford? If we all put money mm-hmm. together, can we actually afford a two forty? Well, you probably just get people making their own. Well, yeah, honestly. and it's, it's just too. Ex, you know that that in itself sorts itself. Either you're mm-hmm. going to be a criminal that's really rich and wants a two forty, in which. With enough money, you'll be able to get whatever you want yeah. anyways. All right. Well, less gun laws um, for less less laws in general. That um, I forgot to bring this up earlier. I don't want to go back to the police thing, but um, this isn't solely about police. Um, I was looking at this Libertarian article, and uh, if you can look at it on there. Um, let's see. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Um, libertarian solutions to reforming the police state. Um, Americans are finally seeing the need to reform the way our society enforces laws as the issue of police force has been placed front and center. Um, I don't think that there is an issue with police force in general, but that's just what the article says. Um, da, 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 da. Since the 1960s, we have advocated for getting rid of laws that create victimless crimes. Um, what, what do you think about that? Um, getting rid of all victimless crimes. Um, like uh, the prohibitions of drug use, um, regardless of what the the actual statistics of people in prison for drugs are, um, would you be pro rolling back those laws as well? I I definitely don't see any reason why the government, unless there's kids involved, that's a separate situation. Um, but as far as just me as a single 26 year old male, I don't see any reason why the government gets to tell me what to put in my body. Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of like we mentioned earlier, if you can press a button and make it go away, that'd be one thing. But with that, it's like, we, we tried to do the legalization of marijuana. Okay. We tried to do that. And what's happening is they said, legalize it and tax it, whatever. Uh, there's still plenty of people growing marijuana illegally and there's busts all the time of growers that are not reporting how much they grow or how much Mm -hmm. they sell their income from selling illegal marijuana. So even if they were like, whatever, you can make meth and you can inject it into yourself, whatever. I mean, it is not, it's still going to end up causing a serious problem Uh, with the uh, influx of marijuana usage, even in our area, um, Mm -hmm. law enforcement no longer, uh, is as concerned about that. Uh, like I have people come into, uh, the gun store all the time that are just freaking blazed mm-hmm. and, uh, I can't hand somebody a gun because they're high. It's the same way I couldn't hand you a firearm. If you're drunk, can't sell you ammo if you're high or you're drunk. Um, but we're seeing a huge increase of that because the culture is so accepting of marijuana usage. So I think mm-hmm. if we begin to accept everything, then you're going to see a huge increase in, in 
DWI or DUI. Um, See, I don't know that I. Effect. That's a that's a separate thing though. I think that they should make those the the penalties for those way stricter. I mean, I think it should not be like you get a Dewey, you spend a couple grand, and then you're good. I think those should be very very harsh sentences. And then within your home, that's particularly what I'm talking about. Uh, same thing for illegally um, distributing drugs. Again, amp up the penalties on those, make them so bad that people do it the legal way, but then make it legal i think and i don't even care about the taxing as much i think that you could do a lot of good stuff with that but it's kind of like prostitution i think prostitution should be legal because um, i just think that the free market works works these things out a lot better than a government trying to restrict it also mm-hmm. like alcohol is legal but marijuana is illegal in a lot of places like i don't trust the government to make these decisions so um I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like advocating for people to do black tar heroin in their house. <laughs> I think it's very bad. I'm just, just I'm try. saying. Well, That's first off, I don't think the solution for people who do drugs. Speaking as like an alcoholic and an ex drug addict myself, putting me in a metal box isn't going to do anything. Like that's not going to help anybody not do drugs. So whether we like it or not, people who are addicted to drugs are addicted to drugs, and they're going to find drugs and do drugs. I just think that the way we go about it is. It seems uh, dirty to me with the government, just a scam to make money, like this whole war on drugs. Mm-hmm. But I may be off base. This is my opinion. Well, I, we can honestly try it and see. I mean, I think it, it was certainly wouldn't hurt any worse than the way we already are as a society. I even thought uh, – sorry, go ahead. Well, that's pretty much it. I was going to say, I, I told Zach about this. What if you could get like a license, how you used to be able to get a medical card or you'd get a medical card for marijuana? What if you like if you have children, you you're not allowed to get you're not rated for certain drugs. Let's say like, let's say you could smoke marijuana, but you can't do heroin and stuff. But if you're like what if you could kind of regulate it that way to where you're trying to do everything you can to keep these. And if you violate those laws, you get your kids taken away and stuff like that to kind of categorize people because not all drug users are the same as well but if because we actually we also we went over this a couple episodes ago um they've done studies now of where marijuana gets legalized and prescription drugs opioids that use goes down marijuana use itself actually goes down the use of um, a lot of different stuff goes down um so there's also there are some benefits to that it's not all uh all bad because, I mean, there's so many people that are on antidepressants and Xanax and all that shit, even just to sleep. And I don't think, I mean, they're going to need something um, or they're going to use something whether they need it or not. Just as long so. as they keep the, the license separate of gun stuff, like we were talking about earlier. Right now, if you have a medical card and you live in a place that isn't, you know, recreational and you come to buy a gun for me, I'm not going to sell you the gun, you know. Is that true? You can't. What that now? Medical cards, not if you have a medical marijuana card, you can't um, you can't buy a gun. I'm going off to Texas here, but yeah, you can't. Oh yeah, because you work uh, at the academy in Texas. Yeah. That's uh, the, we haven't had any the medical marijuana stuff here. That, I'm aware. Uh, I don't know. That's here medical. too, actually. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of where you're at, I was an idiot and I was looking up Virginia because I know you live right on the border. But um, for your state, how do you in North Carolina? Um, how do you see the midterms going coming up with all this this stuff? The Roe v. Wade, then the gun control stuff. Because um, I know, let's see, North Carolina, you have 
two Republican senators, um, but one of them's up for re-election here. And then you've got more Repu- you got it's about 50-50 in the House, um, and then a Democratic governor. Um, which way do you see with your ear to the ground in North Carolina? How do you see things? And you know a lot of people in Virginia. What do you, what do you think about the political future of those states? I guess we'll just uh, wait till the election's over and all the votes are in before I figure out which way I'm going to vote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. still got to watch 2000 mules and then talk to you about that. But is it yeah. as bad uh, as people say, like as far as the election fraud? Yeah. I mean, there's been, I've read articles uh, criticizing it and went back and kind of critically reviewed the information they presented and I, I see a lot of the arguments that are posed against it uh, were, you know, they made some valid points, but they were unsustained. I mean, there's mm-hmm. they present some really good proof. Now, some things uh, they say. Like when they I said really bad, it, I didn't mean the movie itself really bad. I meant like the does it show a lot of fraud? Like, is it bad for if you care about free elections? Just to be clear, I like the Nesh D'Souza. Yeah, it, uh, if you're concerned about voter fraud, it will infuriate you because it shows <laughs> really detailed it with a very believable narrative on how they could track cell phone movement just from you know your metadata on your cell phone mm-hmm. and individuals went to these drop boxes multiple times and let's say that just to kind of give you a synopsis they set the the criteria for like if your cell phone pinged a location at least 10 times then they begin to look at that specific cell phone id more closely to see if it visited other Dropbox locations. And before they knew it, for the people that averaged visiting a Dropbox 10 times or, or dinged a location at least 10 times, they actually were found to have visited uh, Dropboxes on average 28 times. Jesus. Okay, 28 different visits. Yeah. How did they, did so, they say how they got the cell phone data or did they not go into how they got that? Yeah, they go into it a little bit. It's an individual uh, or like a, its own company, this separate company do okay. their own investigation. I, I thought it was and very important of, that they be able to substantiate that because I know the left would attack pretty hard on that. Yeah. Yeah, but they turned all this stuff over to law enforcement and nothing has you know, come about it yet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now, as far as the uh, election stuff goes here in North Carolina and Virginia, um, I think from the 2020 elections, North Carolina had some very – odd results uh we had a democratic governor and a a republican lieutenant governor and then two other key positions were also uh democratic while the other positions were majority republican and so Mm -hmm. i don't know anybody uh anybody at all that would have voted for a democratic governor and a republican lieutenant governor our lieutenant governor, Mark Robinson, he should be our governor. He's a phenomenal individual. Um, he says says what he's going to do, and he does it. You know, he doesn't uh, just kind of fill the world with smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know the, how that happened. Yeah, because the presidential election, that makes sense. People who are like, um, a Republican, but I hate Trump. Okay, I can see that. When you get down to, like, those smaller positions, smaller positions, yeah, typically people, they vote one way or the other. So that so you're regardless of how it goes, you're worried about potential election fraud coming up because I I think, okay, there's so much attention on the left for cheating 
or you know allegedly cheating that maybe they'll take it easy but i don't think they care i think that they're like fuck it <laughs> we're just gonna cheat more this time there's no consequences well, so in my own yeah. in my own county here in north carolina uh we had a meeting uh earlier this month uh about election fraud from 2020 and it was two individuals who had helped do some research and basically uh, the whole situation got tossed out or considered uh, a moot point by our county commissioner because somebody was unlawfully compelled to give out or with, you know, uh, to give information that ended up being truly condemning on possibility of voter fraud. Mm-hmm. So it's not that there is or there isn't voter fraud. It's that the way they obtained that information was theoretically unlawful. So mm. now they're going to toss the whole thing out. And the commissioner himself had prepared a statement before they even released their findings saying that they would not investigate until after reelection. Man. And so, yeah, I, and the, the individuals or the, uh, the ballot count that they estimated were fraudulent was about 1200 and 1200 votes in my tiny little County is, it's not that huge of a deal. But yeah, at the same well, I was time, looking at a lot of people. I mean, you're talking about like less than a thousand votes for some of these uh, congressional seats. Like uh, Hawthorne, he got 28,000 in uh, the primary, but like next up was right below him. So it's, yeah, man, that's so there's just no accountability either when people even get caught doing shady shit or they see shady shit. And even to like mm-hmm. counter that, how how hard is it to get a thousand people to actually show up and to do anything? Everyone's yeah. so so like lazy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a huge huge advantage. You know? What do you think about the Joe Rogan's stance on uh, people just being able to vote online? You have your ID number, your social security number, and then you go online and vote. Uh, well, the Dominion machines. I mean, I don't know if you can ruin a machine with the digital update. Then you could certainly crash a server i mean we saw that happen with uh government health care so i think that's kind of a mistake to digitalize that i don't think it's a bad idea to try and i think we could find a a, a better way to do it than we did with the government health care but what if, what if you could do both and you do in-person ballots you have to have an id you put in a paper ballot everybody puts in a paper ballot and then you go online and you have another database and you um you know two-step verify it where you confirm this is me this is how i voted blah 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 and then there's a public database but it has you're issued when you vote you're issued a serial number you have access to it but you can see all the serial numbers and you can see how people voted it's like posted publicly so you can go on and see what your vote was counted at and anybody it's open source could go and calculate all of the every 330 million votes if they wanted that would require a lot of coding as far as website. I mean, that'd be a lot of work. No doubt it, it would you know, help kind of verify, but you kind of already said the solution there in your initial statement, and that is check ID. Yeah. 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 I agree. And if your state would just verify that you are indeed a U.S. citizen before they give you that freaking driver's license, then we're good. Yeah, well... You know, that that wouldn't work because apparently black people and Hispanics and Chinese are too stupid and poor and useless to have an ID and to get to a voting booth and to get access to a car or public transportation. That's they can possibly do that like us, us good whites. Right. Yeah. 
uh, if you're referring to the like the slanderous comments of some of our elected officials, yeah. how they they say that mm-hmm. certain demographics are just not capable of doing for themselves. How insulting! Basically. I expect I would expect more people to be outraged. They're not. It's more like. Hell yeah, man, that's right. The white man keeping us down. I'm like, no, do you realize that they're they're calling you stupid and incompetent? I'd be like, triggered. I'd be one. I'd be furious if people were like anyone with Irish heritage, we gotta they gotta do mail in voting. Those fucking mechs aren't gonna do they're not gonna be able to find their way to the to the voting booth. They'll probably fall over drunk. I'd be like, Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. No, I'm I come from Irish heritage, but I can vote. I'm a citizen. I'm competent. I can drink and drive, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. I swear to drunk, I'm not God officer. <laughs> no, I guess we'll see. I mean, at this point the system's so screwed. I just I kind of don't have any faith in any of the elections. And I think we talked about this in a previous episode, too. I think that it really hurt voter confidence on the right when all all this Q stuff, not even Q, but like Giuliani and Trump saying, oh, we're going to have a crack in and just hold on, trust the plan. And then nothing comes of it. I think that really that blue ball effect really fucked over a lot of the um faith in the voting system and we saw it with like the georgia turnout like it had effects people were just over it so that's another aspect of how many people are even going to vote these days in these upcoming elections like real people actually voting but well somebody asked me uh uh where i voted at somebody they're asking like my voting location and i was like well you got to be more specific because i think i voted a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, well, no, I, sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't take the the um, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, where you elect your party's official. What is that called? You know, like the pre-run, pre run, the, uh, the primary. Whatever. Yeah, primaries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't take that. I voted. You know, did my due diligence and mm-hmm. made sure I elected people I thought were good representatives of what I also contributed in. to the CO two footprint when they burned it out back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, anyway, um, thank God they were using gas, though, not batteries. <laughs> yeah, a little propane torch in the back. Fuck you, Trump. Um, so I don't know how, how long you can stay on or how long you want to stay on. We're at a pretty good stopping point. we got some more stuff. We could easily go another 20, 30 minutes. We will, with or without you. Um, are you good or are you trying to take off? Yeah, man, whatever you got. Uh, it's about 11 o'clock here. Awesome. So I could do like another 15 minutes, make it a nice. All right, that works. How long can anyone see how long we've been going on the, I don't know exactly when we started and my phone's recording and then the laptop's recording. Um, I think it's about an hour. Can I pull it up? Yeah, about an hour, two minutes. All right, that's good. Because um, we try to keep them around an hour to an hour and a half. Um, all right, this, we're going to take a, a little sort of detour here, but it has to do kind of with Pick government regulation. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Holocaust. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. It's a light topic. Yeah. Would Anne Frank have been hot had she grown up? Who knows? Coming up next on the <laughs> uh, KO106 Power Hour. Um, so from, you're, you're religious. You're not, you're not Catholic. You're Protestant, right? Like one of those? Right. Yeah. All right. Um, and you're, I don't know what you are. You you believe in God, but you like the Old Testament God. <laughs> we should trash the New Testament. <laughs> um, 
So I was talking um, in the previous episode about China and religion um, and kind of how they're, you know, they have a lot, they have five religious um, parties that are religious organizations that are allowed, but like a bunch of them have patriotic in the name. So it's like state run religion. Um, And I was looking at maybe that could happen here with like the infection of our government into religion. And people say that like China and all these authoritarian leaders that are atheists, they want to get rid of religion. I think that's that's missing the point. They don't want to get rid of religion. They want to replace religion because people to control the masses. You know, I think people don't understand what religion like means as like the word religion. Um, so I was thinking about China and you know getting nervous about could that happen here um, from a religious person's point of view. Uh, what is your stance on separation of church and state? Um, I was specifically when I thought of this thinking of gay marriage and the most recent Roe v. Wade stuff, because um, I'm, I'm going to guess with abortion, you're at conception. It's a life. That's your religious beliefs. I may be wrong in that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, as far as the, the heavy hitting topics, uh, it's abortion. The choice on abortion, like the choice of having a child or not comes at the moment of do I or do I not have sex? That's your choice. People are like, I'm pro-choice. Yeah, I'm pro-choice too. I can either do it or not. Or not even that. You can use, it's what Steven Crowder always says. He likes four sources of contraception, abstinence, um, condoms, birth control, and I don't know, pulling out or something. (laughs) But sorry, go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, but that's people. I don't know why they get this idea of uh, being pro-choice when it comes to the life of something else. I mean, what if I just wanted to kill puppies before they were born? Well, I think I'm that's sure that's the that's kind that. of what I'm curious about. Is the debate isn't really about one side wants to control women's bodies and one side wants to kill babies. It's about where does life begin. That's really the question that everyone disagrees on. So I was wondering. I know you would say conception because um, your religious beliefs. Um, would you also say that like from an atheist perspective or a different religion, like with, um, how do you, how do you not have everyone throwing their religion into the mix? Because some people could say it's not, it's not a life until it's smarter than a chimpanzee. So a year after birth, how do you, where do you come up with a compromise between atheists, Muslims? Christians, all these different people that the government has to enforce Um, because it's a tricky spot when you're, you know, to you, it's a life, but then to vast swaths of the country, it's just a clump of cells. You get what I'm saying? Well, I think uh, at the point something starts growing in your woman friend, that's a pretty good indicator life has begun. You know, when something starts growing and forming. But see, the, um, the Catholics could say go back as far as like using condoms is... Um, it has the potential for life. So that's where uh, I'm saying, like, how do you, if the Catholics, let's say, don't, they want it to be illegal to um, spill semen. Um, so, like, everything that comes with that, I don't know how you, but let's say they can consider it a life. So they find some way to monitor, this is obviously a crazy situation, but you have them on one side, and then you have the other side that says a year after birth you should be able to kill it. How do you, without using your religion where where do you where do you put that because i was thinking like the heartbeat bill makes makes sense from uh like it could appeal to everyone obviously some sides want to roll it back 
but I definitely don't see how you could make an argument after there's a heartbeat that it's not a life. But how do you, I guess what I'm asking is how would you argue without using religion the before there's a heartbeat portion? I mean, well, just going off the science, I mean, the, the biological aspect of it, once there's an organism forming, that's it. So what would you say separates like, a, okay, so you say like the, so like sperm by itself, eggs by itself, doesn't matter. So as soon as there's conception, that scientifically should be life. As soon as a new DNA code's made, kind of, is that kind of, like when, like when it's, for it to be grown, like once that new DNA is formed, is that kind of his position of once it has its own u- unique DNA where are you going to be bald, what hair color, are you be six foot five, six foot, et cetera. How, when does that happen? As soon as, the, as soon as it comes to, together and the new DNA is made. Okay, so yeah, conception. I guess that's a good argument. It has its own <laughs> separate set of biology. DNA. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah. I've, well, I guess I've maybe heard that argument, but that's that's a good way. I, and that's a way that you could um, do it scientifically without the religion because, you know, there's a lot of different types of religion. Um, so why don't, why don't people make that argument more? Why do the conservatives, they go to, like, the heartbeat? Why don't they just – if the left's going to push for crazy shit all day, why doesn't the right argue for – at conception because it's its Something own set of DNA. Why don't they put the line in the sand there and that's the hill to die on? Is it just... I mean, I'm on the heartbeat side, but that that is true. Instead of making it all be religious, like it's its own u- unique DNA. I guess I didn't really think about that beforehand, but that is a pretty good way of saying it's it's its own u- unique life. It isn't. It might be half the mother's DNA, mm-hmm. but it's not hers at that point. It's its own u- unique DNA at that point. It's its own... Yeah. Own or own organism. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, yeah. you got anything else to add on that? I was just curious. No, I mean, as far as the uh, the gay marriage portion of it, yeah, though, that's what I, was I am a Christian, and and I don't uh, I don't support that. I don't support that lifestyle. But I have gay friends. I know people that are gay. I know people that choose to live that lifestyle, and, and the uh, it's a lot like your perspective on drug use, man. It's it's your decision. I'm not going to stand in the way of your decision, but don't expect me to be like, oh, I'm so proud of you, man, for smoking black tar heroin. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not proud of you for being raging homo. So you would say that gay marriage, if heterosexual marriage is legal, then gay marriage should be legal as well. Because I'm me personally, I don't think the government should have anything to do with marriage, period. But um, if it does, then I think it should across the board be equal, you know. Yeah, I think they they could recognize instead of recognizing marriage, they could recognize a unity, which to some degree states already do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just yeah, the emphasis on the marriage perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I just I I'm not super passionate about it because I don't I don't ever plan on getting married. I don't like it's not a religious thing for me. As far as I'm concerned, the state should have nothing to do with it. It should be between. A person and their church or whatever their religious community is or if they're not yeah. religious then I, well you know. the reason why it's a state issue is because when you file your taxes you can file jointly or well know, those separate. are theft so <laughs> those right. shouldn't exist either Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i think that's i think the whole tax i'm not going to argue with someone who breaks into my house about tracking mud 
you know. Right. <laughs> they shouldn't but be in my house in the first place. The, that's a huge reason to keep people divided, though. I mean, they want people to be – they want to find any way that they could possibly tax you. So, I mean, why not yeah. make it a government thing just so they can have their say in, in who's a couple mm-hmm. who isn't? Yeah, and it's um, – yeah, there's also – Legal. I was trying to think about like kids. I guess that that wouldn't make a difference with marriage because whether you're married or not, the it's still the same. It's going to be the same fiasco if you aren't together or living together. Yeah, I guess it really just is about that. That's what so much shit is about is just taxes and money, and the government just infringing upon people's rights. Um, already, we're not going to go on a deep dive in conspiracies. Not today. But I was curious. Um, I asked you if you believed in any conspiracies, and you said you didn't believe in conspiracies per se, but you do believe people try to mastermind their agendas. Uh, could you elaborate on what you mean by that? And I, I get what you mean, but like, what what was in your mind? What were you thinking of when you said that? Yeah, so there's uh, some pretty interesting theories out there about like COVID being related to snake venom and the vaccine being, you know, uh, synthetic synthetic uh, synthetic synthetic you know synthesized version of snake venom Mm -hmm. um uh, but anyway but there's all sorts of crazy stuff out there about the you know jfk and QAnon and all that Mm -hmm. crap and uh it's interesting to take it in but i think what's extremely important for left and right is take everything with a great two seconds sorry don't lose your place okay there you go all righty please continue yeah, so take everything with a grain of salt. I mean, because none of this can we verify. Like, I can't verify JFK or QAnon no more than I can verify the Illuminati or anything like that. So why get so wrapped up in it? And on top of that, look at some some simple laws of thermodynamics. The longer a system exists, the, the greater the entropy will, will become in that system, or the uh, greater increase of entropy. Meaning that the longer a system exists, the more chaos you'll have. Uh, and so I think that's true for everything to include some mastermind scheme that's been going on since the 1600s, which a lot of your uh, QAnon type conspir- uh, conspiratorialists or conspiracy theorists believe that these things have been going on so long. And I just, I find that really hard to believe. Uh, that something's been going on so long and so well organized. Well, I don't trust the competence of people, especially people when they get into large groups to do stuff like that. That's where like 9-11 was an inside job. I don't think that they're competent enough to do that. I think they may have known. I mean, we know now that they knew about World War II. They knew about the bombing at Pearl Harbor before it happened. So sure, stuff like that could happen. They could have known about 9-11, but like controlled demolition or you know uh, drones like I did well as far as the, so. the masterminding comment I feel like the people use they exploit opportunity to ad- advance themselves in some form or fashion mm-hmm. and so I think people take advantage of the situation to point a direction and say look what this person did or, or look at what I know or or whatever look at what I did or look how I responded to this uh, when in reality all they are is bottom feeders taking advantage of of information and displaying yeah. it to make it seem like they were on the cutting edge of knowledge. Well, I also think that a lot of people who 
the conspiracy is about them, they intentionally muddy the waters by blowing it up. So like take the Clintons, for instance, Clinton and Epstein, right? There, there could be something, a thread that needs to be pulled about, let's say, child trafficking. Well, they know that that's legitimate and they know that someone's gonna gonna you know start digging and find stuff so what they do is they go out and they they shotgun a bunch of information about satanic rituals and drinking children's blood and adrenochrome and unfortunately all the questioning people the curious people they eat it up so now they've taken this this real seed and they've blown it up into now to the majority of people which is what you're going to need if you want to actually bring justice to these people and uncover some of these things, now it's been completely disenfranchised. I think yeah. that goes on quite a bit. Like, for instance, yeah. with 9-11, I was saying, I believe they could have known about it and let it happen. That's plausible. But then when you start talking about, you know, crisis actors and all this shit, then it just blows it out of proportion. Yeah, well, they make it seem like in order for you to digest one part of the conspiracy theory, you have to guzzle down the the whole gambit of that conspiracy theory yeah. so like the the trafficking children thing do i think that probably happened yeah i mean that that's probably happened with it wasn't in a pizza shop though it was wayfair obviously <laughs> right <laughs> yeah uh but you know i think that probably does happen sure but um mm. all the other aspects of that conspiracy theory I feel like are just huge gross speculations and people are speaking of it like it's guaranteed fact and they don't know any more than you know the news media which to be fair the news media probably knows more than they let on yeah well that's that's what's so frustrating is you can't prove any of these conspiracy theories i do think they're healthy though especially when they're compelling because at the very least if they serve one purpose even if we'll never know the truth it gets people to question the government question the official story and hopefully breaks them out of this mindset. I think the COVID did a really good job with that of making people realize, wait a minute, everything is not what I think it is. This is something's off here. Like the all the news stories changing and everything. And I think that's very good because I think I think yeah. people need a healthy distrust of government to question things. Should yeah. make it add up. Yeah, government should be in fear of us. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Well, we still have some stuff like this chick's uh, selling her titty sweat. Um, they're weaponizing hamsters and a sheep got put in prison in South Sudan. Um, but I'm pretty smoked. I gave plasma today and I think I'm about to pass out. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're going to hop off here. But um, we'll have to have you on again sometime. I appreciate you coming on as usual. And uh, yeah, we're going to continue trying to grow this and um, see where it goes. Um, are you still planning on coming out here over the summer? Any more updates on that? Uh, I haven't got any more concrete updates on that. Uh, so Richard, his family um, had originally planned to be doing some traveling. And I think their plans got moved to the side with uh, all the political things going on. He's trying to lay low for a while and just kind of see what mm-hmm. shapes as far as gas prices being so high. Um, it's going to cost me about twice as much well maybe like a a, probably half as much at least uh just to drive out there now yeah our gas is almost doubled yeah so it's it's gonna hurt quite a bit uh flying is even more costly oh yeah up 26 percent today yeah yeah um so i'm probably gonna put it on hold for a while uh for 
like at least the next couple of months. Uh, but well, you guys don't live close like, to each other, do you? No, Richard. Yeah, you guys don't live close to each other, right? No, Richard's in Arizona. He's not far from. He's in Phoenix. Oh uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta link up with him. I saw his uh, wife just added me on Instagram today. So yeah. maybe we can link up, yeah, and then maybe we can take a boys' trip down to see you. I miss the East Coast. Yeah, man, it's nice over Do here. Do some. Uh, uh, I can get some good content filming. Uh, filming you doing your thing, teaching classes. Teach me how to shoot. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm about to look yeah, at all this. Yeah, Bob, do you have anything? I didn't even ask you get anything. This, this was good. Nothing crazy, but his like teaching stuff. I gotta. Pick his brain oh, yeah. about all that. I didn't even know that he had all that. Do you have like YouTube content and stuff too yet, or you're just like teaching people? Um, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on the one-on-one content right now because I don't really want to have a huge media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't much care for putting a YouTube video up on how to clear a room just so some retard can do the same thing at a school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not. In, I know those guys probably aren't watching those tactical videos anyway. Uh, but I still don't want to run that risk of being associated in a negative way. Did you watch that shooting video of the guy in the supermarket? Yeah, the Fuck. Buffalo shooting. I mean, that guy watched videos. He knew he had a quick reload. He knew he knew exactly what he was doing. But I would get most of them don't. <laughs> well, I think he. Well, it just came out that guy. He's six feds are under investigation. He's in a Discord with. So check this out. Um, six feds were working with him, had some sort of um, association with him, and had trained with him. We, we know that now. They're under investigation. Of course, it's by the FBI, so you know we'll see. They don't do very good at disciplining their own. But, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard, um, I haven't seen it sus- substantiated yet, that the Buffalo shooter and the... Um, the Texas shooter were both in the uh, one. Uh, they had a Discord in common, a Discord chat with a couple hundred people. So that that screams, with, yeah, you that, know, that's like the Fed boys getting caught with with, with all, the like, Whitmer. Yeah, yeah Michigan that, stuff. That seems very strange to me because I watched that Buffalo shooter video, and what was weird to me about that people. was, well, not even that. If you're truly, you're. It's kind of like in the Marine Corps where you know you go back to your. Um, training you don't think you just act when something happens you know immediate actions um when he first you know stops outside the store he shoots a white lady it's the first person he shoots is a white person then shoots several more white people um then kind of calms down after that adrenaline dump reloads and stuff and then there's another white guy on the ground points his muzzle at him and says oh sorry yeah so what's weird to me about that is if you're if you're going with the intent of I want to shoot, you know, you just want to shoot people, but you like, you're not super passionate about like, I'm only going to shoot black people. I hate blacks. Okay. Well then I could see you getting hyped up and just like that adrenaline dump. You're like person, bam. And you shoot and you keep shooting. And then when you start to calm down you remember, Oh yeah, not supposed to shoot whites. But if you're super passionate and super racist and your whole goal is there because you love whites and hate blacks, then that's just going to naturally happen during that adrenaline dump. You're not going to shoot a white person especially out in broad daylight, in my opinion. I thought that was very strange. Me and my son yeah. could not figure that out. Yeah, There it, was a uh, video shortly, uh, uh, like a short time ago on YouTube, and I've been trying to find it, and I think the, the link for it says it's no longer available, but it was a uh, CIA 
former CIA uh, analyst who was talking about how they purposefully would groom people in other countries to help incite violence, riots, all sorts of activities. And he said that he was 100% positive that they're doing that kind of uh, tactic within the United States too. Well, they've to been caught doing it. We know they're doing it. Yeah. And uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if all of these shooters had been coaxed into doing this by, you know, some sort, some arm of the federal government just so they can push for more firearm control or it's almost hard to believe though like how do you in this day and age it's like i believe it 100 is possible and is happening but it's like how do you get into that that section that's working on that how what's the oversight how is there a, a secret like within the agencies there's a secret there's you know an a you know section within that that's just operating independently like we've known well kind of like the mk ultra projects i don't know that that people are necessarily kind of thinking about the repercussions they're just probably thrilled with the idea that they can do it yeah and maybe so compartmentalized that those officers who like it's so he may not even realize what he's doing they're like we need you to work with this guy and train this guy because of whatever he's you know part of a different project so he has no idea he's not even thinking about like shooter red flags or anything like that doesn't it start out them fishing for people that they can get though like well, that's well, another like thing the stuff, but then they, no oversight no nothing and just let it get out of hand you know that's true it could be large and you know, large I mean, scale the, competence the fbi is incompetent in on stuff that they don't want to be all over and isn't their absolute focal point i mean the the uh, parkland shooter guy making clearly knew that that he was he was going to do something bad and just let him slip th- through the cracks, right? So yeah. it's like, if they're focused on something, sure, they're uh, great. If this is just kind of some people doing something on, on the aside, right? Yeah, maybe. It's I, just getting out of hand and there's I don't no know. accountability. I don't know. I just, I know that there's, this stu- there's something, something doesn't smell right with a lot of these situations. And I don't, I don't know who, like I said, we can see the, the volcanoes. They're coming after guns, individual liberty, blah, blah, blah. But I wish that we could see the tectonic plates that are moving underneath the surface, but mm-hmm. we can't. But at least, you know, people are starting to wake up that there are tectonic plates moving, and then there's not just looking at the volcano. Yeah. They're realizing there's something deeper. There's a deeper movement. Sure um, so. I hope so. I hope it's enough people, though. I right now don't have a whole lot of faith in it. But, yeah, same. Yeah. Anyway, on that cheery note, uh, we're going to get out of here. Um, I appreciate it, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. You guys have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye. Every day that I wake up, I wake up in a nightmare. Every day that I wake up, I can never see quite clear. When I look at my surroundings and everybody still doubts me, I want to live to hear a crowd sing. All my lyrics so loudly, I miss the time.